What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to the first pay-per-view point of 2022. It is WWE Day 1. It is Day 1 of 2022. And I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, is Robert E. Valise. Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants to do. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's go. <laughs> I can tell in our Mega Maniacs chat that people were saying they're looking for the biggest sigh. They're looking for some uh, some angry reactions, some different things. You're going to get a variety of content here on this episode, that's for sure. You won't get the Brock Lesnar rule, though, Peter. I, I'm not going to Brock Lesnar rule this, that front, uh, surprisingly enough. Uh, in the chat that we do see Peter we do see guest five happy new year's guys 2016 should be great right <laughs> that's a good way of putting that Dan Huff's in the chat who else saw that ending coming from a mile away lol yay another Lesnar rain not Callum, <laughs> not Callum. He, he was, what are you guys talking about Brock Lesnar's not going to win we're going to try to get Callum on here we don't know if he's actually going to be joining us uh, so far we haven't heard from him yet he might have Falling asleep or something. Uh, I don't really know. Um, if he's able to join us, we're going to add him into the call. Uh, Marquise with a super chat. Thank you, Marquise. For once, Tony didn't speak this one into existence, for it was I, evil <laughs> to deep sigh. Williams in chat as well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everybody listening to you guys. Hopefully, this is a great year for everyone in and out of WWE. Uh, Carl's in chat too. Happy New Year to Carl as well, too. Um, man, we got a lot to break down here. We have so much to talk about. And. I want to start things off with a reminder of, as always, you know, tell us what you were thinking about as we go along through this whole thing, whether it's good or bad, if you're in the live chat or not. If you're not, leave a comment below on YouTube. If you are in the live chat, of course, chat it up there. But, um, you know, the usual stuff, like button, subscribe button, Patreon, uh, members only, Public, Redbubble, pick up the merch shop stuff, you know, the score. Um I do want to start things off by just saying about uh, about the new year in and of itself. This is supposed to be, of course, like the start of something fresh, the start of something new. And you go into New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, of course, heading into New Year's Day. And it's the whole like, should all the queens be forgotten? Like, let's move on and let's be better ourselves and all that. Do you have a sense, Rob? that this is a step in the right direction for 2022 for WWE. That this would happen here on the today? Yes. Hmm. At least the very ending has me excited. I'm not going to go that far. Because <laughs> well, I believe this. A lot was some carryover, but I think that fortunes with... What happened with the supposed main event have led to something that will be better off as long as what happened to the original main event is a one and done and we're not seeing this leading up to WrestleMania. But I live in Florida, so my mentality with that is skewed. I will say I am cautiously uh, optimistic that some... I don't want to say uh, like brighter minds will prevail or something along those lines, but I, I hope that there's some ideas that came into play tonight that are actually heading in the right direction. And I hope that some of the things that didn't fit that mold are, as you said, like a carryover from last year. And it's just sort of like, let's purge the rest of that and move on. But I don't feel like 
things are moving in the right direction. I feel like there's one big story that, of course, we're going to talk about and we're going to address with the Brock Lesnar stuff that is casting an illusion of that. And I'm worried. Hopefully not this case. I don't want to speak this into existence, but I'm worried within three weeks or so, we're going to go, damn it. And we're just back to the same thing as before. But I will say... Are you worried from a storyline perspective or are you worried from a real-world perspective? Real-world storyline and that this is my job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, grand. All along the board, all across the, the spectrum for this one, like... I will say, though, despite that kind of, you know, preface that of like, hey, I'm a little bit worried about this kind of thing. I will say I'm in brighter spirits for this than I thought that I would be. And that overall, I enjoyed this pay-per-view. Or as we should probably be calling it now, premium live event. Yes, sir. Let's talk about that real quick. They beat that drum way too hard tonight. They're premium events, guys. Premium live event, just to make sure that you knew that's what they want your phrase to be. It's not pay-per-view anymore. It's not even special event. It's premium live event. And they made a point to say that enough times that it was clearly an edict, along with some of the other things, like uh, addressing the change to the main event being, okay, your two talking points are historic and great main event. (laughs) We talk, I forget who it was. It might have been Marco in the uh, Mega Maniacs had brought up that idea of like, oh my God, how many times are they going to say this? It's like, no, no, that's what they're saying. It might have been Frankie, actually, now I'm thinking about it. Um, but it's like, no, nah, that's definitely an edict. That was something that was passed along. These are your talking points. Say these phrases. Don't say anything else. Don't say it's a disappointment. Don't say anything like that. Um, I see Brandon's in the chat as well. What's up, Brandon? He says, uh, show was kind of a letdown, okay. but happy new year. Uh uh, we will talk some letdowns on this one, for sure. There are some things that rub me the wrong way. For uh, sure. Carl also on that side, a mess show with a fun finish. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, why does uh, guess 5 just say polo? <laughs> See, but I'm the guy. Oh, I get okay, it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second. You know, I'm the kind of person who, listen, the ending leaves me more optimistic than whatever the original ending would have been. Well, we're not going to know what the original ending was, maybe ever. But with we're so gonna much, know that we wouldn't have been as optimistic. Like this, by default, is fresh because this scenario, you know, Brock on top without Heyman, hasn't happened since two thousand three, and he's a babyface. Yeah. So whatever happens, even if it's just for the next three weeks, it's going to be fun. And I'm all for fun. Oh, well, I mean, if you're not all for fun, what are you doing? Right. Like we should be enjoying things. That's the whole point. Like I, when people complain and they say that we complain too much. It's like, no, we're complaining because we're not enjoying it. We want to enjoy it. So when you give us a pay-per-view, which has some things that I'm writing down already as some of like my notes for the end of the year awards and stuff then uh, you know i gotta be i gotta be smiling about it um i will give my thumbs down on some stuff uh including the idea that i wrote this out i was like you know what not really good start i'm probably gonna get crucified for this on my bleacher article about them being like you're so negative and i'm gonna be like look at the positives that i wrote down though just because it starts off with a negative does not mean i'm crapping on everything but it did start off a little bit wonky this pay-per-view because you start off with the announcement 
Roman Reigns is not going to be participating. He has contracted COVID-19. He is out. And Brock Lesnar is going to be in the Fatal 4-Way, which is now Fatal 5-Way. So that match had changed from just against <laughs> Rollins to against Rollins <laughs> and Kevin, who's going to be leaving the company in January, to Rollins and Kevin Owens and Bobby Lashley, but Roman's, uh, but not Roman, but Owens is still going to be leaving, to Owens is going to be re-signing with the company. For five years. And then... Suddenly, Brock Lesnar said it as well. This match has changed more times than I can't even remember the last time that something changed like that. Definitely not the original plan. It can't possibly have been that this was the original plan. But they start off with that. They say a million times, this is historic. This could be great. All this other kind of stuff. We go into a kickoff promo with the New Day talking about how they're going to beat the Usos. And we get a little bit of uh, tongue-tied King Xavier Woods. And I wrote that down as like, oh, you know what? That's like a slip up number two kind of thing. Not a big deal, but it's something, you know. Let me oh, get into the, the way, first. Just real quick, because I said Owen signed for five years. I don't actually know that. I just like for some reason their contracts have been five years. So who really knows? Right. And like they had said before, it's really a 90 day renewal type thing here and there. Um. Let's see what we have out here. Dan Huff says, uh, is me or just Beth Phoenix look like a possessed Natalia? <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk about there. that a little bit. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, so they go from, hey, main event's changing to a promo where somebody's just kind of like, you know, a little bit of a flub here and there to the first match of the night, which is just pretty much a generic tag team match. It's Ricochet and Cesaro against Ridge Holland and Sheamus, which came out of that 12 Days of Christmas gauntlet match. And it's... Exactly the type of a match that you would see on a pre-show. It doesn't matter. It's just kind of filler. But, you know, hey, at least it's going to get Ridge Holland a win, right? Nope. Yeah. Because <laughs> Ridge Holland gets a broken nose during the match. And it ends up turning into a handicap match. Because Sheamus is there wrestling for the entirety, for the most part, of this match. Just against Cesaro and Ricochet. And uh, Sheamus ends up getting the victory, which... I am assuming, of course, Holland was supposed to, but plans change. Hard no, subject to change. Done, I would have had Sheamus take out Ricochet and then just have a one-on-one match with Cesaro and then, like, slip by. I think I probably would have tried to adjust on the fly and I would have said, look, let's just have Cesaro and Ricochet win this. Because if they can do the whole thing where... Uh, you know, they might have won if Ridge Holland wouldn't have gotten taken out of the match. Then they could revisit it in the future and do that whole thing. But instead, Sheamus just wins. And I guess they were like, eh, it's too much. Let's just keep going with the, the regular plan. Or as Sheamus much as is as awesome, can. by the way. Like, Sheamus, I did such a 180 on Sheamus, in my opinion of him. He's so good. And he deserved all the flowers he's getting. I didn't see him get any flowers. Well then, <laughs> uh, I always just imagine when everybody says that phrase uh, that somebody's just like handing flowers, just like daffodils or something. Um, hey, um, forgive my ignorance. They never officially announced that Nakamura and Design would happen on this show, right? No, but Pat McAfee at one point said that that was going to happen tonight, and then Michael Cole was like, "Well, that's not happening tonight." He's like, "Oh, well, sorry, I should know the card." <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that was kind of an interesting moment. Um, I don't know why they didn't just kind of add that on there because we got a lot of filler on this pay-per-view. 
there were vignettes and video packages for people that weren't on the card at all. Like Bianca Belair got a video package. There were, of course, multiple DraftKings commercials and multiple commercials for like, uh, hey, here's three ads for the Royal Rumble coming up. Here's another one for WrestleMania. Here's one for Johnny Knoxville talking about how he's going to be in the Royal Rumble, apparently. Yep, they're doing that. That's the thing. So we at least know what one of those people is going to be. But a lot of filler on this, and uh, I, I didn't really like that because I never really liked that. But uh, like full on like two minute vignettes for E and Rollins and stuff. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, it's always a discussion of would you rather have that or would you rather have a worthless match added to there? And my philosophy lately has been I'd rather the match not happen. I'd rather the vignette not happen. I'd rather the pay per view be cut shorter. But um, you know, I'd much rather, of course, have more complex, dedicated matches on there and make the whole thing great. But yeah, you, you can't get everything or half of things. Um, let's just put the bar back together in the chat. Uh, Cesaro does better as a heel. Uh, Peter's just saying uh, he didn't know that Bianca had the package for her. Yeah, um, I wrote them all down just because I was just kind of like, all right, let's keep track of these things. I stopped keeping track of the commercials at the very least. But I thought that the match, all things considered, the handicap match, it was okay for being something that wasn't supposed to be a handicap match. It was fine. Nothing really big. Yeah, that's about right. Then we go into the first actual match of the night, which was the SmackDown Tag Team titles. New Day against the Usos. And surprise, surprise, these two have a hell of a match. (laughs) This match was so good. Like... It's the first day of the year, but this has to be on a list already as like, well, if there's ever going to be a match of the year, this could be it because this was fucking awesome. And it's just the way that they normally do things. These two teams have had probably, I don't know, several dozen matches together and it's always good. I don't get tired of it, you know? It's one of those things, like, people don't like rematches, but if you were to tell me we're in a pickle here and WrestleMania needs to be all rematches, this has to be your tag team title match. Yeah. And if you were to tell me, you know, you want something to be on this, like, pinnacle, you got to pick, like, I forget how we did it before. Didn't we do something, uh, another podcast, where we were picking matches from WrestleMania or something where we were like... It was like a dark cast or something might have been, or maybe which no, was an idea was, that we had had where it was like, it was the idea of we took all of the WrestleMania main eventers and had to make a card. But then we do something before where we were talking about, like you needed to pick the actual matches and build the best card out of that. Or was it something that we, we were talking have. about? Like a theoretical, it might've been that, but we like if you were going to go say like you, it can only be rematches. And you have to go with, like, what is your number one tag team title match from any kind of era, for the most part. I kind of feeling like it'd, it'd either be these two teams against each other, or it would be the uh, triple threat Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian. I had tweeted out Midnight and Rock and Roll, FTR and Alpha, and Usos and New Day are just, like, three matches that, you know... Whenever they get together, it's going to be good. Even if it's mediocre good, it's still like better than anything 
most teams could ever do. So they, of course, start off hot. They have a great match. Uh, I, I like little bits like how it starts off and Xavier Woods immediately knows how to get the crowd to stop being split by being like, I live in Atlanta. <laughs> like, well, Atlanta, what's up? And everybody's like, oh, okay, we'll cheer for you then. Uh, Doug the Throne for King Woods. That was cool. It's on my list of best entrances already. For sure. And I thought that they were setting something up here because they made a point. This is the first match of the official card. And they go, Gable Steveson sitting ringside, front row. Yep. And I'm like, okay, what's he going to do at some point here? Yep. Spoiler alert, nothing. I was shocked. So, so I thought he was going to be announced for the Rumble. I thought he was going to get involved and do something with Bobby Lashley. And that this was going to be like, like Lashley bumps into him. And then Steveson is like, you know, like, man, what the hell is that? Or something. And then they start kind of fighting with each other. And then that's what takes Lashley out of the match. I told you what Lashley would be doing this year. And I want my flowers. We'll get there. But I told you. Well, people are still handing out flowers from earlier. <laughs> How many daffodils are left? Come on. Damn it. <laughs> um, so great near falls in this. This is uh, another this is awesome kind of chant sort of match and they went with uh the they uh the usos pronounced pal uh they went with a version of the 3d that pat mcafee calls the 1d i'm good with it i like it i'm good with it dudley boys are not there in the company anymore uh bubba ray hasn't had a single match in i don't know when was the last match that he had um i think it was it was in ring of honor Right before the pandemic, maybe. But Bubba tweeted them, nothing but respect. He was a he was a fan of it. I'd be cool with that being a regular thing going forward. I'd feel better if you were gonna give somebody the 3D if it was a tag team that wasn't as established as the Usos. But at the same time, if you're gonna call it the one D, the one and done, because we the ones, like, okay, mm-hmm. you, you you've sold me. And you're going to have that at day one with the people that are starting off and they're the day one ish kind of thing. Like it's, it's too good to not be okay with it, but I do wish that there were other tag teams on the horizon. That's the type of stuff that we would have discussions about. And we'd be like, they wouldn't put that much effort into it. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, at least the Usos seemingly have. So that's cool. Great uh, stuff from the Usos. Great stuff from the new day. New Day, unfortunately, do not win the titles, but fortunately, the Usos retain. Two great tag teams and hell of an opening match. Yeah, uh, New Day had a rough night. And, you know, that's the way life goes sometimes. And I think it's going to be a good year for Woods. I don't know what Woods is going to do, but I think this is going to be a good year for him. So the next thing that I have written down was uh, Caleb Raxton interviewed Migos. They said, it's great to be here. Uh, We're great uh, fans. It's awesome to be here. We're excited to be here. (laughs) You know, that kind of deal. They're here. They're excited. It's great. Yeah. And then they, they did something later, which we'll get to, but it was like, yeah, they were just there, which is cool. Uh, I didn't like that. We'll talk about that. They didn't do anything offensive though. Like they were just there. Of course, they did the whole thing where they're like, hey, we might hit the ring. Uh, it's like, no, you're not. Uh, <laughs> that, unfortunately, we went to, I would say, my second least favorite match of the night. 
maybe my least favorite. It kind of depends on how I really rank the two. But Drew McIntyre versus Mad Cat Moss. Three jokes at the beginning of this. Normally they get a chuckle out of me. And these didn't. It was um uh it was the it was a sheep one about like uh what do you call like a sheep in Scotland or whatever. It's Drew McIntyre's prom date. Uh, Drew McIntyre's going to be like a, a, a nobody on here. So it's going to be who McIntyre and I forget the other right, one. So there are three jokes here. I know this because Gisberto Guzzo on Fightful.com has started a running list of every joke Madcap Moss has told in 2022. So it's, I hear Atlanta is the biggest city in Georgia. It's funny though. I didn't know they were basing that on weight. Now that's a pretty good one. <laughs> I'll admit that. In America, you're the when you're the greatest of all time, they call you the goat. You know what they call the goat in Scotland? Drew McIntyre's prom date. <laughs> okay. And it's a, then there's the who McIntyre, which is lame. Yeah. But two solid ones and a lame one. They've had better. And uh, the match itself was, I, I wrote down a do-nothing match. Yeah, I, I was reading your uh, recaps as the show was going, and you hit the nail on the head with this one. That it's there's nothing to too. talk about except for Corbin's awful sweater. Uh, but I'll say too long. I like Corbin's sweater. It works for this character. But too long. And like Moss's offense, he hit the ropes like almost like if he was doing people's elbow style and just did a shoulder block. And I was like, ah, I don't like that. <laughs> but that's the small thing. So that really, there isn't anything to talk about. The match happens. Claymore, one, two, three. Later on in the night, Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin attack Drew McIntyre. They put his head in like a vice grip with one of the chairs. And uh, Corbin gets a chunk of the the set. I forget the name that you would call that thing. It's Trellis or something, I guess. I don't know. I never set up production stuff. But, you know, one of those kind of dealies. And uh, hits him with that, and that's going to be a means to write him off TV, I guess, for a little bit. Or at least just make it seem like they're going to write him off TV for a little bit. Maybe it's a means to get him out until the Royal Rumble. It Mm. probably just means for the feud to continue and for him to have a match against Corbin, probably like a false count anywhere match, because they like doing those at the Rumble sometimes. Yeah. I mean, we said before, this is definitely heading towards a match with Corbin no matter what, so... Eh, I don't care. (laughs) Okay. It's just, it's just a thing. Like, I like Corbin. I like Moss. I like McIntyre. But it's not doing anything for me. It's filler. Fair enough. Checking up on the chat here, some of these other things. Uh, Let's see. Guess Five had said, was it as good as their last 400 matches for the New Day in the Usos? Yeah, it was, and they're all good. So. They're all good. <laughs> um, Frankie says, LOL, Rob, Bobby versus Brock's not happening, but I love your optimism, though. And Dan fires yeah. back. I hate to burst your bubble, but they threw so many hints at Bobby versus Brock soon. Uh, well, yeah, yeah we're going to talk about it. We will. Oh, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, we had some discussion of who the hell are Migos and all that. Uh, that one of them is Cardi B's husband. Offset. Look, I, don't, I mean, I don't follow. Migos is at least well known enough that I know who they are. I had never I, heard of them before this, and you don't like music. I yeah, I don't follow. <laughs> it's weird. Hold on, let me backtrack. You love music, right? Because you're very like 
into film scores and things like that, but you're not into popular music. I'm not into knowing who sings any songs. <laughs> like, uh, I've said it before, like, I couldn't care less if every song in my collection was by the same person. It's just, you know, if I like a song, I like a song. I don't care what the who did it. I don't care what their backstory is. Uh, there's a, even been a lot of circumstances where I've been like, I don't even know what the lyrics are. I don't care. I just want to be like, do, 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 just kind of like singing along here. Uh, there was a song I came across the other day. I'm going to try to find out what, what it was. Um, there were like three songs that were playing that Caroline was playing. And I was like, oh, I kind of like this. And I was like, oh, it's another weekend song. I actually like a lot by the weekend. Then another sing- you, song came on good. and I'm like, oh, I kind of like this too. And I'm like, oh, fuck, it's another weekend song. Then another one came on and I'm like, ah, oh, man, that's another weekend song. Is it? I got to download like three weekend songs now. And that's, I came uh, to the decision after we were talking to her where I agreed with what she had suggested. She's like, you know, like you like a lot of the weekend songs and uh, we should probably actually go see the weekend at some point. I'm like, I don't know, maybe <laughs> like, you know, kind of, you've never done a concert, right? Never been to an actual concert concert. No. Yeah. We do have it'll tickets be, for Elton John. So. Um, Tamigos, I had no idea who they were. If you would have told me to guess Cardi B's husband, I couldn't have told you the slightest bit of information. I, I have not followed anything that Cardi B has done in God knows how long. Cause I just honestly don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ricky says, no, Tony hates bad music. <laughs> oh, they, does Migos have bad music? Is that what it is? I don't, I mean, music is subjective. Yeah. Not my cup of tea, but I, I again, I at least know who they are. What's this in the chat? I can't feel my face when I'm with you. That's a that's like the weekend song, Tony. And I guarantee if I played it, you would know it. That you just don't know the lyrics. Wait, you don't what, the lyrics. wait, what song is that? Why am I blanking on this? What song is that from? The weekend. I can't feel my face. I can't it's- feel my face when I'm with you. Uh, maybe I but actually I don't know that. Know that. <laughs> I, oh my god! All I right, might well, actually not know that one. We're gonna take a so deep. There will be a, there, there will be a fanboy's uh, bonus feature of me just playing music. With right, we're gonna take a detour real quick just to look at my collection here. Okay, I've got in my collection from the weekend: "Blinding Lights," a remix of "Blinding Lights," "Call Out My Name," "High for This," "The Hills," "I Feel It Coming," "In Your Eyes," "Party Monster." A mashup between Blinding Lights and Physical by Dua Lipa. Pray for me and save your tears. Oh, yeah, you don't have it. All right. So there you to, go. <laughs> that's that's to, some yeah. justification for, <laughs> for my uh, ignorance. Anyway, um, Peter says just listen to PD Nice music and that's it. Shout out to PD Nice. Um, so we got some video packages. Let's go back to WWE. Uh, that set up the whole thing with the Raw Tag Team Championship. We had mentioned Migos. They are ringside for this because they come out with RK Bro. Montez Ford in particular, but Angelo Dawkins as well, playing up a little bit of a heel side. Which I thought was weird. I was getting a little bit like anxious for a heel turn. I thought that Migos might do something and that might be like their involvement ringside was uh, they might turn on RK Bro and whatever. Or that it would just be some other kind of set of circumstances where it would end up being that the Street Profits would win. And going into this, we were talking about the potential of who beats RK Bro to set up the split. And I was like, well, you know, Street Profits can't be that because they're a babyface team. 
and it just didn't dawn on me. Yeah, but they could just turn heel. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? Oh, Crap, yeah. that might be the best option. So I started to get on board with this idea of the Street Profits even turning heel, and it didn't come to fruition. They shook hands prior to the match. They shook hands after the match. But I did kind of like them playing up a little bit of a heel thing. I kind of want to see them turn heel at some point down the line. Yeah. I mean, they could definitely do it. And I think they have the swag for it. Because as good as they are as baby faces, I'm sure they can easily switch that. But I like this match. It was fine. It went way shorter than I think it should have. Cut like five minutes out of McIntyre and Madcap and give it to this. But that's a small nitpick. Another good match, yeah. Uh, I, I do like the Usos and New Day match better, but... You know, if you're watching a tag team match like this, I don't know what you can really necessarily complain about. Ty, uh, Montez Ford does that jump over the ring post that he does. I still don't know how the hell he's able to do that. He had a good finish with um, Riddle tossing heads up. I was yep. a big fan. Wasn't what I wanted. I wanted the frog splash into the RKO, but still cool. Big fan. It was a little bit awkward at the end of this, though, because they're all like, you know, kind of celebrating afterward. And it just kind of lagged a little long. And I was waiting for something. I'm like, are they going to attack them? Something going to happen? Just enough time for it to be like, okay, I'm, I'm actively paying attention here. And then they go to the, the Drew McIntyre stuff. And I'm like, no, never mind. Okay. <laughs> I think they were just stalling for time because yeah. obviously a major match with an extremely long entrance was cut from the show. Right. Um, catching up on the chat here, Guest Five says, "Oh my God, it's the only one of his songs I know." And Tony doesn't. Great. <laughs> They're debating now whether or not uh, it's just uh, "I Feel It Coming" in your eyes. Ew. <laughs> hey. Uh, Frankie also agreed. Thought that they were going to be turning heel during this match. Adam as well, saying that they definitely felt like heels. Peter says, "I did want to see from the heavens into an RKO, like Tony had said." Um, well, they gave it to you. They just gave it to you with riddle. <laughs> Yeah, pushing him there, and uh, five saying from company that hates tag teams, two tag team matches that you enjoyed. That's something at least. Yeah, that's a good point. That's because people know how to work. Yeah, it's not good the WWE that's doing guys. it; it's I the mean, performers. Like, look, we, we've said this enough. Good things are good. <laughs> it's gonna be good. That's the first good things are good for the year. Be what you say, say what you mean. You can't have it both ways. There you go. You said, the uh, set of circumstances. There you go. I'm noticing is becoming one of yours. Is that really? Yeah. Caroline pointed out the other day that I had said a piece like six times in a particular day and then for multiple days in a row. So that, I guess, is one of my things is a piece. I don't know uh, when that started, but we'll see. <laughs> if I end up saying that again now, <laughs> give me flowers in the chat. Um, Brock Lesnar backstage was talking to Caleb Braxton and he said that he is a free agent. He's going to do what he wants because of his advocate, Paul Heyman, and he's going to win the WWE championship. That's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, yeah, that kind of deal. This is the best Brock Lesnar. It really is in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I like dominant heel Brock Lesnar that we got. I just didn't like how they executed a lot of that, like dragging shit out forever and everything. But this one's fun and I'm digging a lot of it again. We'll get there. Carl also points out the, what it boils down to. Yeah, that is one. Of my <laughs> um, edge versus the Miz. 
I have it down on my list of potential best entrances of the year. Edge's uh, brood style entrance. Always cool. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, noted it this year, unlike SummerSlam from last year. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> want to make sure um, I don't forget about it. Good stuff. I do find it weird that suddenly, like, he's embracing the brood, but also all out because he's rising from the fire like a phoenix. Ah, didn't even think about it like that. But he and Ed, he and Edge, he and the Miz have their match. It was good. Look, this yeah. is a match that is symbolic. Symbolic, Jesus. <laughs> symbolic and uh, symbolic and emblematic. Emblematic. Uh, it's symbolic of another time. Like it, it was fun for me, but but a lot of people probably didn't like it. I wish Calvin was here to just absolutely dump on the Miz. <laughs> and. They found a way to do what they needed to do without giving the Miz a cheap win, which I think is even cooler. And it was nice to see Beth Phoenix. So they had a couple different say set of circumstances. They had a couple different scenarios during the year. <laughs> Catch it in now. Um, they had, for instance, the Miz had been they did a whole segment here that was revolving around submissions and stuff. And that eventually leads to a whole pinfall with the foot on the ropes. Referee Jessica Carr catches him. She's like, you know, uh-uh, you can't do that or whatever. And the crowd starts chanting, you can't do that. And I don't remember the last time that I had heard them do that. I thought that was funny. That is funny. They do that. Then Maurice helps by putting the Miz's foot on the ropes later on. We'll come and do a match where that was supposed to happen. and didn't, uh, and, you know, she is obviously getting involved and it seems like she's going to eventually get one over. But then Beth Phoenix comes out and <laughs> she stands there at the beginning of the entrance way. Just mean mugging, looking Girl, like she's, you know, time. building up some steam, like she's going to, you know, uh, barrel forward. Seemingly because she's waiting for her entrance music to cue her to go. And it was funny in a way that was obviously not intentional and like look the moment is still there beth phoenix came out they're gonna cut it when they show the uh footage for monday night raw they're gonna you know just kind of trim that and make it look better but it was awkward and i ended up chuckling about it because i'm just like all right beth is standing there just waiting and waiting and waiting and it's just are they killing time so much that they're even doing it with that you know (laughs) like well you know take an extra 10 seconds for this but she is wearing like this, like she, uh, her coat said, like rock stars. I think. I don't know if that's going to be like something uh, that they're going with, like a gimmicky thing with her and Edge going forward. They, they've just been wearing like whatever they want to wear. Like Edge has just been wearing street clothes and mm-hmm. whatever band shirt he's wearing that day. So she, of course, balances out the equation, and that leads to Edge getting a win. He hits a spear, and we got uh, Edge and Beth versus Maurice and the Miz seemingly almost confirmed like what we were talking about before i know callum was not big on that idea but there you go (laughs) (laughs) i like that they got it i i do i agree with what callum was saying the other day that you know there are better matches to be had yes but let's let them have this one because when they were active competitors they were not a couple Right. Right. So let's let them have this. Or at the very least, I don't think that they were. They might have been like towards the tail end or something. We don't really know when they started dating, I guess. Right. 
Exactly. How old are their kids? Let them have this. You know offhand? Uh, the one is, I think, like seven. Okay, so it's not even like, okay, well, that's, you know, guaranteed timeline kind of deal. I don't know. It's not our business anyway, but like uh, they weren't able to do that before, and now they can. I'm cool with it. I think that it should either happen on Raw or Royal Rumble. I don't want it to drag out to WrestleMania, but Absolutely. if we... That, that is something I want to die. Leave that in last year. That dragon stuff out to Mania when mm-hmm. you know you ain't got enough for it. Yeah. Leave it alone. I agree. But it seems like we're getting in that, uh, going down that road. I'm all for it. I think that that'll be kind of fun. It might not be the best match in the world, but I like it. We'll have to get Calum in the future to express his opinions <laughs> about this. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Lashley talks about Brock Lesnar back behind the scenes. It's another commercial, another commercial. Then we get my other least favorite match of the night: the Raw Women's Championship match. Liv Morgan against Beth, 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 Beth Phoenix, Becky Lynch. Uh, Liv very energized. She seems like she is pumped up. This is the biggest match of her career and all. And she starts off the match on a bit of a hot streak. And I'm liking that. You know, makes it seem like she's got more of a potential to win. Crowd, of course, doesn't know how to chant. They're going, let's go, Liv. No, guys, no. Let's go, Morgan. Or let's go, Liv. Let's go, Liv. You don't go, let's go, Liv. (laughs) It's not how it works. Liv, Liv, Liv. Right. Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) There's five variations you can do, guys, that are actually right. I don't understand why. This crowd was able to pick up on the you can't do that chant and all the this is awesome and all the other kind of things. And then they botch that one. Shame on you, crowd. Um, Yeah. But something I noticed during this match that I was like, at first I just thought it was like a one-off and then it kept happening. The referee always was doing these slow cl- uh, counts. And I'm like, okay, well then that shows even was more. So Aja? yeah. Yeah. Sh- so there was one in particular where I was like, what are you Earl Hebner? Like, yeah. you- <laughs> it's real slow. <laughs> like noteworthy slow not just ah it's a little bit slower maybe she's off or something no it seemed like she was purposely doing slow counts but not in a way that was like that that was the point of the match you know but it's not just us that noticed it i mean the chat as well uh adam carl pointing out about the slow counts they were very slow they were like one two and like you're you didn't get knocked out where you're doing the whole like the referee can barely count we're not at WrestleMania where you're trying to drag it out. Very awkward. Uh, Very strange. The, unfortunately, despite the match being okay in some spots, we're gonna have different opinions here. Well, on the positive or negative? Well, no. I know that you're on the more on the negative side. Okay. You were digging the match. I was digging the match. Like, I I thought it was a very good match for Liv Morgan. I don't think that this means, oh my God, yes, queen, live. Like, you know, I, that's not what I'm thinking. You're what, like, Becky had a good match. Liv had her best match yet. I'm not heartbroken that she lost, mm-hmm. which is something you were getting at where you were like, I'm not going to gush over it. I'll gush over the match because it was very good. But I'm not heartbroken that Liv didn't win because... She's not ready yet. Well, here's the other part about this that 
I don't know what they're going to necessarily do going forward. The last match that they had, and I hate, and I've said this before, I hate with a passion this mentality that WWE has been having the past couple of years, which is do the match on TV because then you'll get people to watch the TV show, but have a weird finish so that we do the match again at a pay-per-view and then we can drag it out even more. I absolutely hate it. I think that should only happen in rare circumstances. And I think that that should only happen if you've got a good enough finish to drag it out and make it interesting. And just having Becky Lynch hold the ropes and, well, you shouldn't have done that. So I want to rematch. That was not appealing enough for me. Worst case scenario, though, happens here. Morgan goes for her oblivion move. It's awkward. Uh, She jumps up in a way that when Becky catches her, it just looks like it's kind of botched. And then she hits the manhandle slam. She goes for a pin. And she's very clearly trying to get her foot backward to go on top of the ropes. So that way it could be the same thing again. Yeah, because she tried to wait. Because the cool thing about the raw roll-up one was that she waited until the referee hit two to cinch the rope to get the extra leverage. She tried to do that with her feet. It didn't quite connect. But I don't think it matters. See, I think it does. Why? Because you really think that they were going to do a whole... Ah, but she still cheated. Yep. Like, nah, you got got, man. I think that they were planning on that being the case, and she could be like, you know, uh, well, see, you thought you had me with, like, I wouldn't use my hands, and I used my feet, and you just, you know, proved that, which I think that this is twofold bad. One, it means you did the match for no reason other than to redo the same match again. Yeah, technically speaking, the matches themselves are not carbon copies, but the ending's still the same, so... Fuck you. If you watch the first one, you shouldn't have watched the second one. That kind of deal. But now she has no excuse. She beat her clean. That's a valid pin. She didn't put her foot on the ropes. So now there is no argument from Liv Morgan of you needed to get to the ropes or whatever. Because if they try to pin this as like you needed to try to cheat to beat me. Oh, man, that's going to look bad. You know? Yeah, I... You can't, I'm hoping they just move on. Like, you can't really argue somebody trying to cheat and failing to cheat, but still beating you is the same as them cheating. Because I still think Liv is the one main roster girl that has a shot at the... Uh, not the main roster, but the raw roster that has a shot at the Rumble. I know Callum, or maybe you, mentioned Raquel? Uh, Rhea Ripley. But I'm going Raquel. Oh, um... I, maybe it was him that I mentioned Rhea Ripley, but I'm going, I'm still going Sasha until I see otherwise, because she needs, that's, that's it. She needs that money in the bank. And I think that she should just get it, because, listen, you're going to build something around Sasha anyway, so who cares? Just give her the rumble. See, I'm thinking Raquel wins, she goes to fight Becky, and then, uh, I had originally thought that she was going to fight Charlotte, but then I'm thinking kind of Sasha might fall backward into the Charlotte flair kind of thing. Of course, I thought that Tony Storm could be a big part of that, but she got, you know, she's gone now. She didn't get released in the same sense. I don't want to word it that way. She left for a reason that we're not sure about yet. But um, yeah, I don't know. The Liv Morgan thing. It is what it is. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of it. 
That's why I was throwing out Eve Torres. <laughs> you think Eve Torres is going to win? I'm, I'd love to hear the explanation why. Uh, well, she looks good. Peter's saying, I'm going Raquel, then Bailey versus Sasha. I've, you know I think they need to do it at Mania, Tony. I don't care if you don't like it. <laughs> I, anything that gets me Sasha and Bailey at Mania, they deserve it. Well, we definitely got to talk Mania because in our main event here, the Fatal 5-Way match, which was pretty freaking great. Like, this match was just a adrenaline rush from the very start. Loved, for instance, this is a stupid thing, probably. It's not going to be something we remember at the end of the year. But Big E hitting his clotheslines on Brock for like a split second. I'm like, okay, I think Big E looks more credible now than he ever has as champion. You know what? Well, first of all, let me talk about the full match. I think starting with Lesnar just 100 miles an hour, it worked here. Because there were other workers in the match that could drag it out for longer. And it made everything seem so much more intense and chaotic and fun. Um, Biggie does look more credible. And even though he does end up getting pinned, he tried to pick up Lesnar for the big ending. And that's when I knew it was over because I said, oh, well, that, like, I thought, okay, maybe he'll pin Lashley because he's already done that. But once he went for Lesnar, I said, ah, bad night for you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, it's cool that he tried. And I think everybody here played their part to perfection. You know, Lesnar looks impressive lifting Owens. Not that Lesnar couldn't lift anybody, but. It still looked like a really good F5. Um, he did not hit Lashley with the F5. I'll just get all my Lashley gushing out of the way. La- Lashley had him in the hurt lock. Lashley speared him through the barricade. Lashley got a two count on Lesnar. And Lashley was looking and staring a hole through Lesnar as he celebrated. They're doing Lashley and Lesnar. I don't know if it's going to happen at Mania anymore, but I told you. Uh, you know, I, I really said I think that's a good way for them to utilize the free agent thing and get Lashley and Lesnar in finally. And they finally touched, and it's looking promising. So to skip forward, skip back, and then skip forward again, Brock Lesnar leaves this as WWE champion. He pins Big E, and going back to how the match ended up playing out, He's the big focal point of the match, which, uh, as Adam asks in the chat, saying, I wonder what they were going to do before Brock was added. I am very curious what this was prior to that, because obviously I don't think that the plan was for Brock to somehow get included into the match. See, okay, like all fun jokes aside, seeing how much they protected Lashley, um, I think it was Lashley. Because they went out of their way to make him the only person Brock didn't beat up. They went out of their way to give him offense on Brock. You know, and they went out of their way to show him standing. Yeah, and he took the big ending. And they went out of their way to show that he was standing on his feet, staring down Brock Lesnar. I think it was Lashley. Well, it's weird because... They were seemingly kind of pushing this potential tease of a Lashley babyface turn. 
And they've been doing this whole thing with like Owens kind of having a friendship with Seth Rollins. And somebody in the chat here earlier, I forget who it was. Sorry. I, I, I'm not going to scroll up and down, but somebody had said, uh, watch out for Rollins and Owens to win those tag titles, which could very well happen. I, I'd be all right with it. I didn't get a sense of anything that was going to be like, all right, Big E is going to fight this person at WrestleMania. Lashley is going to fight this person at Mania. Like, the only thing I thought was maybe Owens versus Edge, but it wouldn't have to be for the title. And the original plan had Roman Reigns against Brock. So in any fashion, I got to imagine their whole plan for everything has changed now. Everything from what they were going to do here, Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, the Saudi show, if they have that, WrestleMania, and onward. I think that they're doing a complete switchover. And I'm currently right now, unless something changes on Monday Night Raw, I think what's going to happen, they advertised Elimination Chamber is happening, but they didn't say when. And oddly enough, this is weird. I don't know if you caught this, but they did the little yeah, thing they, they where they aired this shit out of order. They did. They did. Chamber, uh, SummerSlam, Money in the Bank, WrestleMania. Did they do SummerSlam before Money in the Bank or after? Before. I know that SummerSlam and Money in the Bank were before Mania, though. So that was kind of strange. But I'm still thinking Elimination Chamber is happening in Saudi. I think they just add a Super Showdown to Saudi. But they didn't announce February or March for a pay-per-view. Well, think about this. They can always add a Saudi show. And you can literally build a Saudi show. You're going to hate me. But tell me Saudi wouldn't go nuts for Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. Well, see, that's another thing, too. Because Goldberg's got a match. Goldberg's got one match left. And we had mentioned, is it going to be Goldberg versus Roman, or is it going to be Goldberg versus Big E, or is it going to be Goldberg versus somebody else? Those are the two that seem like the most likely options. And Big E's not champion anymore, so it's not like you could do Big E versus Goldberg for the championship in Saudi before Mania, or Big E versus Goldberg at Mania for the title. I don't think that they're going to go in any kind of like Goldberg versus... Brock Lesnar type of scenario. I'm thinking, and of course, don't put a whole lot of stock in this. I'm still thinking Elimination Chamber is in Saudi. And I think that they are going to go with that being the gimmick pay-per-view concept. Like, you know how they, you know, greatest Royal Rumble, biggest battle Royal, World Cup, all that kind of jazz. I think that we're going to have Elimination Chamber. And I think that that's going to be something with the women is going to end up being how that works out and that that wasn't the plan. (laughs) So again, stay with me on this. Uh, It's not like I'm just, you know, talking shit. I think that I'm heading in the uh, direction here that they are currently working on elimination chamber for the women's match. And it's probably going to be on the SmackDown side of things. So it's Charlotte and Natalia and Sasha and whatnot. Then you've got uh, Bobby Lashley against Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. And you've got Goldberg versus Roman Reigns 
for the Universal Championship. And in their mind, you're done. That's the pay-per-view. You don't need anything else. That sells everything. All right, I feel you. I do. But you're out of your mind if you think they're putting six women inside a cage in Saudi Arabia. They're progress. They're you know they're trying to show progression, but they're not doing a chamber with women in Saudi. I think it's a chance because here's the other part of this. I think Drew McIntyre wins the Royal Rumble, and I think that their current philosophy is champion versus champion at WrestleMania, and the Royal Rumble winner challenging. It's a triple threat. That way, you you haven't seen it before, quote-unquote, because you've seen Drew against Roman at Mania, you've seen Roman against Brock at Mania, and you've seen Roman uh, Drew against, against Drew. Brock yeah. at Mania, and you got the rightful number one contender, you got the two champions, and you just you saw the Lesnar thing. You I'm know? so down to merge the belts at WrestleMania. But I don't think I don't that they're think merging them. That's the thing. I don't oh, think they're merging them. Like a Becky two belts. Exactly. I think it's the exact same thing we got from WrestleMania 35. Because that was something that was successful for them. And I think they're going to do literally copy and paste in some ways. It's not the same scenario of like Becky dropping the title and then winning the Royal Rumble and then going on and being that kind of thing. But it's like Drew gets his main event. At WrestleMania, he is the definitive babyface in a lot of ways. I think you've got Roman, of course, winning this match and walking out with both championships, and he probably pins Drew. So that way they could do yet another (laughs) Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match after WrestleMania. And I know that in the chat, everybody's saying, stop, stop, no, whatever. Tony has got to be a ghost writer for WWE, looking like a prophet all the time, speaks these things into existence. Thanks, Tony. I hate 2022 already. Look, I'm just, I'm an analyst. I'm analyzing. Uh, I'm a fan of the idea of, like, first of all, I'm going to lay this on the table because I'm getting a little bit of flack from the few people I do get comments from that I'm saying I like the idea of Lesnar's champion. Face the facts. E was fun, but E wasn't doing anything. I like the idea that now we have a champion on both shows that can easily headline the pay-per-view. When's the last time we really felt that? You know? Maybe when it was, like, Goldberg? And Brock, and we didn't even get to see that pay off with like a full crowd at WrestleMania 36. You know, I like the idea that Monday Night Raw gets a shot in the arm. Is it WWE philosophy? Yes. But you cannot deny that Brock Lesnar is a big star. That it automatically, if he says, Brock, I'm fighting you tonight on Raw, that's a big deal. Brock Lesnar's wrestling on Raw. You know, like, this gives Raw a needed shot in the arm, which is why I was all for Lesnar going over to Raw in the first place. Like Marquis says, though, is Brock going to be there? And that's what this hinges well, on, is well, there's well, why potential. Why is going there immediately? Hmm? Why is everybody going there immediately? Because of history. Like, yeah, but I mean, you know, Brock has been at the shows more frequently. 
See, that's where I get worried. I like what they're doing with Brock right now. I think it's fun and it's interesting and I'm curious where this is going to lead, but I'm, I can't even say like, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. They've proven that that's not worth it. This is not what was supposed to happen. I don't think that they really have their minds set on what's going to happen. And I think that there's a good potential that the next four months is going to be them still trying to figure it out right before WrestleMania. And that we'll look back at WrestleMania and go, they didn't know shit what they were doing other than like minor stuff. Like, okay, they want Johnny Knoxville to be in the Royal Rumble because they want to have some kind of promotional tie in. Okay. So he's going to do quote unquote something so at Royal Rumble. And that's, that's their plan for that. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk about that real quick. If Knoxville's in the Rumble, is he a mania? I don't think so. Cause, uh, Jackass comes out in February. Well, they're in Dallas for two nights. They need to sell something. Maybe Shane McMahon can compete in the dream match. He's always wanted the fucking jackass uh, free-for-all match. <laughs> they'll they'll sell. See, they'll sell it on it's champion versus champion, Brock against Roman, potentially with Drew McIntyre in there. And hey, Stone Cold's going to do something, and he's going to stun Austin Theory. Oh, Absolutely. And that'll be that, that it, is the only that is the only reason McMahon is on TV. Should be is to set somebody up to take a stunner and maybe even take one last stunner himself. Hopefully, <laughs> but I really think that they think WrestleMania sells itself, and that they or, don't need to do anything other than have like one match to sell you on. Even though it's two nights. Austin win, win a fourth Royal Rumble, and we get Austin and Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> If you had to bet, do you think we're getting Lesnar, Reigns, or do you think we're getting McIntyre, Reigns, and Lesnar, Lashley, at Mania? Uh, if I had to bet, like if I was putting a lot of good money on it, I think that they'd be trying to push towards something where Lesnar and Roman are in the same match. The way I would do it, unless... If you told me I couldn't merge the belts, because if I can merge the belts, I'm de- I'll do Lashley and I'll, I'll do Lesnar and Roman at Mania. I don't care. I like their matches. I, I fucking, there's your match. Cool. You're going to get one champion coming out of Mania. Cool. But if you're telling me I, I can't do that, I would do McIntyre Roman as the main event of night one. Lashley and Lesnar as the main event of night two. The women can take a backseat. For this one, because Roman and Lesnar should headline the shows. But that's just what I would do. The way I see it going, ah, it'll probably be something where it's like a triple threat or maybe even a four way, and you get Lashley in there just because. And then the women will headline. Like Charlotte Flair hasn't had a one on one match of any yet. So. It'd be like Charlotte and Sasha or something. Mm. Yeah. I'm not thrilled about like the prospect of Mania, but that's because they keep making WrestleMania bigger when you don't have the talent for it. Like, are we even guaranteed to have Cena this year at Mania? Oh, uh, I don't think we're getting them. You know, I read a sad statistic that 2021 is the first time, Tony, in 
31 years that Undertaker didn't wrestle. Hmm. He like we're really running out of these like special attractions. This is not the time to increase the length of Mania. You know, if anything, they really need to bunker down to like one solid four to five hour show. Well, I think this is the time to do it. It's just you shouldn't release 160 people. <laughs> but no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like you you've cut even guys like Wyatt. I I'm just saying I can't get behind the idea of holy crap, we gotta do two nights of mania. What's gonna fill that card? That's why I'm excited about like, okay, cool. Lesnar guaranteed has a belt. Roman guaranteed has a belt. Unless his COVID situation is really dire, you know? Like, Roman has a belt, Lesnar has a belt, Charlotte has a belt, quite frankly, and Becky has a belt. Honestly, those are the right four people to have a title going into Mania. If we're talking about selling tickets, those are probably the best four people to have titles on. It's just now you got to have opponents. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have an opponent and they didn't bother to do anything that's worthy of building and, up an opponent for them and here's the thing there's your first one <laughs> um tony storm's gone mm-hmm. you know uh we're not sure about bailey real ripley needs to be rebuilt can't just bianca, do bianca again we just saw it Liv is kind of done You've got four great champions and almost no opponents. Roman's got Drew. Lesnar's got Lashley. Maybe Big E. Or maybe, and I'm thinking about this one, maybe the fucking New Day come at Lesnar with, like, everything they've got and you somehow build something around New Day gets their revenge on Brock Lesnar because <laughs> Brock Lesnar just wakes up one day and decides, I want that one, and just beats the shit out of them and takes the titles back. See, even those scenarios, though, like, okay, McIntyre against Roman Reigns, on paper, if you've not bothered to watch the past 10 years, that seems like a big, important, good match. But we saw it. We saw it at Mania. We saw it at Survivor Series. I don't care. And I'm a fan of both. Like to me, if you're building WrestleMania and you're saying it's Drew McIntyre going to fight Roman Reigns, I'm and I'm not even exaggerating here. I'm immediately typing out in my predictions Roman Reigns retains and then I switch over to my current champions predictions list and I go, "Well, since he's going to retain at Mania, who is he going to be fighting after Mania?" And I'm looking towards May. Like, immediately. Because to me, I don't think that there's any chance that Hugh McIntyre wins. And the same thing with Lashley. Like, I do want to see Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. the match, damn it. Right. That's it. Like, we talked about this. I just want to see the match. So that's why I'm kind of hoping that they do that in Saudi instead. Just because... And it doesn't have to be Saudi. It could be, it could be like, Elimination Chamber in fucking Pittsburgh, for all I care. But, like, I don't think that that's Mania. But I'd be more up for that at Mania then McIntyre reigns, but then who do you do with reigns? You're not going to do the rock. It's not happening this year. It's not happening this year. Um, 
Maybe you just go Goldberg. And that, like, I could not care less, you know? I agree. So if they do that and that's their idea of pitching you on Mania, of course I'm going to watch it no matter what. It's fucking WrestleMania. Not only is it my job, but it's WrestleMania. I watched friggin' NXT 2.0. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to watch Mania. But, like, that does not make me excited. Whereas in the past, I remember when I'm a kid and I'm looking through some of these things and I'm thinking, oh man, they're going to do Undertaker Kane at Mania and Austin versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. And like, you know, they're going to do this big, like, uh, Triple H against Batista type matches. I wasn't watching then, but you know, like that, that's like a Mania match. Right. So I'm a little bit worried about WrestleMania. I think that WWE is going to do a lot of their same stuff that they did in 2021 and 2020 and 2019 and 2018 and 2017, where they're going to say, oh, well, you know, plans changed and we couldn't do exactly what we wanted to do. So give us the benefit of the doubt. And I think that they're going to look at this and they're going to go, if Roman wouldn't have gotten COVID, we would have whatever. And I don't want to just give them that out to always play that card because we saw what happened with Becky and not with Becky, with uh, Bianca and uh, Sasha. What did we talk about last year? For four months, we talked about how that feud sucked. And we're like, they're going to bank on the idea that this match at Mania is going to be great. And you'll forget about it. And it fucking happened. And everybody acted like it was great. And I hate that. No, no, no. We don't do that here. <laughs> you know. So I will say, there are parts of me that's really excited about what the next four months is going to be. And there's a much bigger part of me that goes, oh my God, I'm going to spend four months talking about how it's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre and that they have no other plans. Oh crap, I don't want to do that for four months. You know what I mean? So we might be back to the Brock Lesnar rule scenario by the time Mania comes around. Or I might end up just being wrong and being like, you know what? This was a hell of a lot of fun. The road to WrestleMania is great. Here's this cool match. Here's this cool match. I didn't see this come in. This was a good twist. That kind of deal. Suck for Big E. I see nothing for him at Mania right now. You know, you follow me here. Walk with me. Brock Lesnar returned at SummerSlam. And what we didn't see was he beat the shit out of John Cena. John Cena. Going for his 17th is a WrestleMania moment. I don't care who he faces. That's an easy way to sell tickets. You can get the, I don't want to say casual fan, but you can get the nonchalant viewer. (laughs) (laughs) Roundabout way of saying casual fan, okay. That's right. I said it. And you can get that and say, okay, it's Cena Lesnar. And I'd be all right. Because at least it's a good Mania match. Because at this point, I watched all of last year and it was kind of meh. If you can give me a good Mania, I'll at least be satisfied. But Mania has to feel special. I'm hoping that it does. And... I'm hoping oh, by that the way, we we really have to get on this just to have a little fun with them. 
Callum really thought that there was no way. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what you guys are seeing that I'm not seeing here. It's like, one, it's Brock Lesnar. Two, they're going to want you talking about Brock Lesnar and not that Roman has COVID. Two other things uh, we should mention, too. They actually acknowledged COVID. Yeah. They've been doing this whole thing for these past two years where they've been like unforeseen circumstances or, you know, uh, plans have changed to the card due to outside factors or, you know, whatever. And they just I, flat I out said it. It speaks to the general fatigue with COVID and the general idea that, all right, we're going to be okay. Let's just keep this train moving. Hmm. Another note that I had written down that I forgot to just address earlier. They're actually announcing him as Seth freaking Rollins now. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about that last week when I did an article about the 25 best matches as WWE put them. They totally wrote the name as Seth freaking Rollins. <laughs> and I like that. Also, yeah, why not? Have more fun. Since you're talking about announcements, Mike Rome with Becky Lynch is starting to do like his radar superstar, like the Tony Chimel crack. Yeah. He's cracking when he says big time. I think that that's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> guess five in the chat says who's COVID fighting at me and he give them the belt. Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, COVID is the top heel. I was going to, because you weren't answering. I was going to tell you to stop what you were doing and write COVID on the heel list for taking Roman Reigns out of the show. <laughs> Um, Carl in the chat says laughed at Pat started off the show calling COVID a son of a bitch yeah um, I was shocked about that I just didn't expect them to actually say Roman Reigns has COVID-19 you know that kind of deal um, oh no they, they did it like they said Roman has COVID Roman put out a statement about you know I really wish I could be defending but I have COVID I don't think there was any way around it because thankfully Rollins tested positive and he was able to compete tonight. So hopefully in the week that he was out, everything was good. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that that actually came through. I didn't expect that that was going to be the case. I just assumed, you know, the worst with a lot of those things. But um, we might never know what the original plan was. I really, really want to know. I want to know what the game plan was for the WWE title match. I want to know what they were thinking they were going to do from some big angle with the Roman Reigns thing. I want to know if they actually had any ideas in mind of doing a champion versus champion thing. Like what seems like we're probably going to get, or I mean, we might be looking at some kind of weird oddball scenario where like maybe in the next couple of months or maybe the next couple of weeks, even there could be something where like Brock loses the WWE championship because Roman interferes or something. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that they know. So I'm kind of respectfully hoping for the best and expecting the worst, kind of. That's exciting for me because I don't think that they know. And now it's opened so many doors because you thought all the Heyman shit, right? Yeah, nothing got resolved with that. And this is what I was saying the whole time. Like, you could have always done Heyman on Raw with Lesnar and on SmackDown with Brock until you need, I mean, with uh, Roman until you need them to come together. Now, it's like, well, Roman beat up Heyman. Roman's not there. 
and Lesnar's on Raw. This is a really interesting way to see this thing play out. Hmm. Again, cautiously optimistic. More excited than I would have been if it would have just been and Biggie retains and Roman retains or and Lashley wins and it was a draw. Or maybe, just maybe, the goal was always to have Lesnar walk out as champion and he was going to beat Roman. You think that that was potential? But then what would the, you think what, where that would have gone? I don't know. I always look at it differently now. 36 changed a lot of things for me because first they just had Roman say to Goldberg, I'm next. And then they just took Roman out by saying, and Braun Strowman will now be challenging yeah. Goldberg. So none of it really matters. So as long as they have any kind of story, it's better than nothing. Well, we might be in for a great couple of months or we might be in for a really, really rough road to WrestleMania. I don't think that they have any idea what they're doing other than maybe like one or two matches for Mania. And I honestly don't even think that they're really going to figure it out until a month and a half or two from now for like 90% of the card. Maybe they've got one in mind. Maybe they are going to do this triple threat. Maybe they're going to do something else. We'll see. I'm going to bank on that being how this all plays out. That's my prediction, at least for right now. I'll update all my stuff on the website in due time. But I'm currently going. Drew McIntyre wins the Royal Rumble. We get Drew versus Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania. And that that's their whole plan. Main event of night one is a women's title match. Who's it going to be? I don't think they have any idea. Fair enough. So maybe it'll be Raquel against one of those two. Maybe it'll be Sasha against Flair. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Let me just double check the chat again real quick. Uh, nothing that I think that I hadn't already addressed in some fashion. Um, Peter had said there's no way three weeks before he becomes the longest reigning universal champion. Yeah, that is another thing that that was the case. Uh, Marquis says it don't matter. None of this matters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sets a new Trump card for WWE enough with these mania triple threats. Yeah, I think that it is. I think that that's their lazy way out of you. You saw that guy against that guy and that guy against that guy and that guy against that guy, but not all three together. And it's three names and that's easy, but I don't know. Um, any last thoughts you got? Um, just genuinely glad I'm starting off the year on an optimistic note. At least as optimistic as we can be, right? Yeah. There's that that hesitation of like, I don't want to trust this will be good and be wrong. But maybe it could have been worse. So we'll see how that plays out. I might be future Tony might be mad at present Tony. Uh, I don't know. We got a couple of months. Next time that you're going to be hearing from us, though, is going to be heading towards the Royal Rumble type stuff. We've got a couple things that we are uh, figuring out. The very, the very first, no, it shouldn't be. That technically speaking, this is the very first one. But the first main event, main event outside of the pay-per-view point stuff that we're going to be doing for this podcast is the one to watch for 2022 for WWE and AEW. So we will talk about who we think should be uh on the, the rise up or 
who's going to make it their standout year for this year. We're going to get into mailbag stuff. We're going to get into maybe a Mount Rushmore. We're going to talk about some fantasy draft content. We're going to probably do another fan ounce table of a Royal Rumble. We got a lot of Royal Rumble related content on here. I don't know how we're going to really balance that out over the next couple of weeks, but you know, we got some days, maybe some of that will even be dark cast and stuff. So, and we need to do a fanboys bonus. Have you listening to music? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or I just go, that's eh, all right. <laughs> Here and there. Um, if you have any suggestions of what you'd like to see or hear us do over on either Smart Count Moment or Fanboys Anonymous for that matter, then not only should you be subscribed to both of those channels and check the websites, obviously it's smartcountmoment.com, fanboysanonymous.com, or you can click on the other ones. I mean, it's if you go to smartcount.com, it goes there. If you go to, I think, Fanboys. Uh, PWPOV, isn't it? PWPOV. I think Fanboys are on. Like, I, I bought a bunch of different domains. Uh, but you know where to go. It's the same thing. But subscribe and like and share and follow and favorite and all that good stuff. The Patreon for both is the best method for you to make sure that we do particular content, especially with the Pick Your Poison tier, because then you know directly 100% that you are sponsoring that specific idea. So you can say, like, okay, I really want these guys to watch this Royal Rumble and they haven't done it yet there you go then we do it for sure but there are a couple things that we want to try to do this year that is a little bit different we want to try to do a lot of the same things that we did that we really liked from this year and we're going to try to roll along the punches with everything that wwe and aew brings to us maybe not necessarily put as much focal content on the current events if we're not loving it but if we are then why not so we're for an interesting 2022 and we hope that you strap yourselves in and you join us for the entire ride and that you enjoy it with us. If you are doing that again, follow on Facebook and Twitter at smart moment and at fanboys and on or fanboys anonymous on Facebook. Follow me at Tony mango and follow Rob at dude Felice. Yes. Follow me everywhere. At dude Felice. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitch. This is going to be a good year for content creation for me. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope you all join me. Thank you to everybody in the chat as well. Thank you to uh, Marquise for the super chat. That's always awesome to see that popping up and to have that support. Uh, Happy New Year. And we will see you when we see everybody with, uh, I don't know when we're recording it. It'll pop up. (laughs) We haven't figured out when we're recording that yet, but sometime in the next couple of days. So, adios for now, but we will see you soon. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we are being counted out.